a reading from John. Jesus said, very I truly, truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Please be seated. Well, here we are, Confirmation Sunday. To those at the 9 a.m., it felt a lot like a usual service. It might still, an ordinary time in the Easter of season, which is anything but ordinary. We have sort of the regular flow of worship. We have most of the same faces in the pew, but today for our eighth graders, this is a really big day. For the past three years, they've been gathering weekly in community to wonder, to wrestle, to engage in spiritual growth, and today they take another big step in their journey. At the beginning of confirmation in sixth grade, we explain that when babies or children are baptized, they sort of borrow their faith from their parents, their godparents, their guardians for a while. And adults make promises to help raise them in the faith. And whether you were there or not for their baptism, friends, I'm talking to you. You actually made those promises. Surprise! That was you, church. We speak on behalf of the whole church. And so through Sunday school, through Wednesday night shine and rise and all the other events and points of fellowship and contact, you have helped them experience God for themselves here. So three years later, by the end of confirmation in eighth grade, we see that students have explored their faith at least enough to formulate their own sense of trust and wonder in God, at which point they can decide to stand and claim this faith as their own. They renew the promises that were made, taking on more personal responsibility to practice and lean into their faith, even as church continues to promise to be there for them. We're not like, oh, you did it, eighth grade. We're done, good luck. We're still here with you. Those who desire to affirm their baptismal faith, they're asked to write a short faith statement because I think if somebody is choosing to own their faith, they should be able to say just a little bit about why and what it means to them. And so every year, I am humbled. I am touched by their experiences of faith, by the wisdom that they share so vulnerably and authentically with me. And so anonymously, I let their words do the preaching on Confirmation Sunday. So this morning... May their thoughts reflect back to you the faith that you are living with and among them here in this place. A faith 
that reminds us that we are all sheep in the same fold doing our best to listen for the shepherd's voice. And our confirmands had some thoughts on this being in a sheepfold together. One said, church means that everyone matters and everyone needs God. And I appreciate that our church keeps a big focus on service to others. Yes, it does. That might even be an understatement. Good Shepherd is all about service and sharing. Another said, I believe in a loving, understanding, and accepting God. I believe the church is a family of supports. Another said, when I think of being a Christian, I think of community and love. We need each other at church. We are in this together, and they are fully aware of that. Now, sometimes I know being sheep in a sheepfold together, that sounds cool on paper, but that can get a little gross. It can get a little stinky. It can get a little frustrating, but we need each other, right? We are church. We're in this together, and as we challenge and encourage and share God's word with each other, those are the things that help us to be in better shape to hear the shepherd's voice in our lives because it does take practice. It takes discernment. It takes support. Sometimes the shepherd's voice is that quiet voice inside. You know that one that nudges us towards our better self, what's best for the world, that little voice we hear? It's not always tangible, but it can be very clear. And one student described it. They said, when I'm about, about to make a bad decision, there's a feeling. It's not one you can write down, but it's still part of my brain. And I feel like God has helped push this along in evolution to protect us. I love that thought. I love that. Like God built this coding into our DNA that helps us listen to the shepherd's voice. And it's been with us this whole time as a humanity. And, and to me, that sounds an awful lot like the work of the Holy Spirit. That little voice shows up when we make room for it. Being around others who are listening to God's word, who are reflecting together on God's word as we do in this very space, who are wrestling with tough theological ideas, when we're together in that way, it helps create the room to hear that voice. Making time to be still and to orient ourselves toward God does too. And one student said, I often turn to God during stressful situations or when I'm consumed with choices that are hard to make on my own. Another said, I've recently started praying every night before bed. It's no coincidence that I feel better mentally and physically. These students are listening. They're listening for God's voice in their lives and they're modeling back to us how to do that too. But the voice of God, the voice of the shepherd isn't just internal, right? I often hear the voice of the shepherd through my fellow preachers. I hear it through the wisdom of our staff here. I hear it through leaders among us in this place. I hear it through the care that you show myself, my family, each other. I hear it in our littles when they sing and proclaim their faith so boldly. I hear it in our young people when they push back hard with really good and beautiful questions. The shepherd's voice rings out in this place. Of course, whether it's internal, whether it's external, we know or we should know that the shepherd's voice is not exclusive to us. It's not exclusive to this place. 
community is so much bigger than just this one congregation. I hear God's voice through people outside of this room and even outside of this doctrine challenging me to expand my thinking, showing me other expressions of God. I experience God's voice in the life of creation itself. The shepherd refuses to only be contained to the sheepfold, and so that means the shepherd's voice is everywhere we go. Of course, there are a lot of things in the world that will try to mimic the shepherd's voice, yes? Vying for our attention. So there are a few ways that can help us know the difference between the voices. One, the shepherd calls the sheep by name. Think of the resurrection story from John Mary goes and sees the risen Jesus, but she has no idea until what? He calls her by name. And you can almost see the light in her eyes like, ah, it's you, it's you. The intimacy of that moment made Mary understand immediately because Jesus knows us deeply, really, truly knows us. So when we experience being seen, being known, feeling held and welcomed and loved, we know it's Jesus speaking. And our confirmands have experienced this. One said, I feel God listens to me, understands me, knows what I'm going through. Another said, the fact that I know God is always with me and always having my best interests at heart is such a comforting thought. Yes, thanks be to God that you are listening to Jesus speak in your lives. But if Jesus knows us this deeply and this beautifully, we have to assume that Jesus knows others that deeply as well. And so it stands to reason that if a voice is calling you to treat anybody, anybody, as less than a beloved child of God, it is not the shepherd's voice. The shepherd's voice always, 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 no matter how challenging, sounds like love. Two. We can tell the shepherd's voice because it will sound like the Jesus we hear throughout the Gospels. What was he about in his life? He was about welcoming the outsider, about seeking justice, about looking out for those in need, sharing resources, healing bodies and hearts and relationships, building people up, forgiving and encouraging forgiveness, and holding power accountable. Look for those things in the world and you will hear Jesus' voice. And then go join it. Go be there. As one of you said, students, faith calls us to be better people. God gives us great power to help others. Amen. Blessed to be a blessing. Because all that work, all that help, all that we are called to is about abundant life. Did you hear what Jesus said in the gospel? He didn't say, I came so that they may just simply survive this world and get out. No, I came so that they may have life and have it what? Abundantly, abundantly. The shepherd's voice leads to abundant life. Not to what we want and desire all the time, to real life. Abundant life consists of hope, and joy, and peace, and healthy relationships with ourselves, with each other, with creation, with God. One student described it beautifully saying, I used to have doubts because God never granted my biggest wishes. 
But then I realized that those wishes were not what I really wanted. When I asked for a friend, God gave me someone new to meet. And when I asked for forgiveness, God forgave by showing me what it was like to be forgiven. God blessed me with a caring and kind family and friends. I'm going to pause and all of you eighth grade parents, just go ahead and assume that was your kid. God blessed me with a caring and kind family and friends. And when I asked for beauty, God gave me confidence to feel good in my own skin. Amen. That is abundant life, is it not? And that's really the idea behind salvation. We heard in the Acts reading that day by day, the Lord was adding to those who have been saved. But salvation in scripture, that Greek word, is not a whole lot about the hereafter. That's certainly wrapped up in it, but it's actually about here and now. Salvation is very like tangible and earthy. It's about skin. Salvation is about healing. It means preservation, it means wholeness, it means well-being. It certainly means rescue from death, but not just our final death, also the thousand little deaths of the world. Salvation is known that we are somehow being held together when our world is falling apart. Salvation is meant to be a daily experience. It is abundant life, being connected to Jesus. So this voice, this good shepherd, leads us to abundant life. And here's what's kind of fun about this text. So Jesus, in just a few verses that we don't get to read, will say, I am the good shepherd, hence that he's the voice of the shepherd. But in the text that we read, did you notice he was also the gate? He's also the gate. This is why we can't take scripture too literally, friends, okay? Jesus is not a fence. But if that means if Jesus is the shepherd and Jesus is the gate, Jesus is all of it. He's all of it. He's everywhere. He's all around us. He's all the things all the time offering abundant life everywhere we turn because he's the one enfolding us in the safety of the pen, giving us rest when we need it helping us to find a place to just be. He's also the one that's calling us out of the pen. When it's time, he calls us out. He says, come on, it's time for challenge, it's time for growth, it's time for purpose, let's go. And then as we're out there doing the thing, when it gets scarier and certain and we're just, we feel unsafe, he's also the one wrapping himself around us, promising never to abandon us. Jesus is in it all, all of it. As one student said, I feel he guides me in the right direction, but it's comforting to know that even if I make the wrong decision or do something I'm not proud of, he will still love and forgive me. My faith means I'm never alone. Another said, there will always be times when I'm in a rough place, but I always have God to guide me through it and God will never fail. God gives me the strength to persevere. Another said, I want to continue on with my faith story and have a strong relationship with God. I want God to be with me to help me through the hard times. I want someone to talk to and cry to. Friends, you have that and more. We all do. We are in it together on this journey. And it's a journey, not a destination, because confirmation is not what? It's not graduation. Let's be very clear. I'm going to hear it from you all. Remember I told you if you have to say something today, I'll give you the answer first. Confirmation is not graduation. Confirmation is not what? Graduation. Very good. <laughs> Confirmation is a journey. None of us are finished. None of us have arrived at the faith. We come together to keep 
growing. As one of you poetically wrote, faith was a question once. I didn't truly know if I believed it, but faith is a journey. Through hope, I believe. Through love, I found my way. We are on this journey together, friends. Addie read for us in the Acts reading this glimpse of the early church and what they did together. And it was really just made up a bunch of people exploring their faith, trying to find their way, figuring out together how to follow Jesus. This image of Acts, go back and read it sometime. Acts chapter two, this image is like the perfect recipe for what's next for you after confirmation, after your not graduation. But it's also the perfect recipe for what's next for us because like the early church, we will continue to share in fellowship, breaking bread together, gathering in community. We'll continue to be in conversation with God, hearing God's word. We continue, as they did, to sell possessions, but really just that means to share our gifts with each other, to flex our service muscles and see how it blesses those around us to recognize that Jesus, the gate, and also somehow the gatekeeper and the shepherd is the one with us offering abundant life. These friends get it. Our eighth graders get it. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. We ask God's blessing today on you, our confirmands, but let us also give thanks for their faith, for their leadership among us as we are mutually blessing one another in the sheep pen, listening for the voice of the shepherd for abundant life. Amen.